Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. I've got a treat for you all. Today on the podcast, I have Swami K. Chatanata. I'm probably butchering his name. Most of us call him Nadaji. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Nadaji. He's been a huge influence on my awakening, my awareness, my consciousness. I've read a few of his books and listened to him in quite a few of his talks. I've attended his meditation and Shakti transmission events. And yeah, so without further ado, here we are. Welcome to Expansion Cast. My pleasure. You know, a while ago I was in the middle of doing podcasts and I was reading a lot about flow and suddenly you started, your energy started popping up and I was like, uh, Swami doesn't want to talk to me. And then how would I know that, right? What kind of story? Well, why would you think that though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so and then the opportunity came up uh, a couple of weeks ago where uh, Nadaji was offering an online, I guess we called it a Shakti transmission meditation weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to Nadaji and he graciously accepted the opportunity to do a uh, podcast. And so here we are with Nadaji. And can you like tell us in just maybe a couple sentences who you are and not like who you are in this this um, envelope of identity, but who you really are? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, never had it actually put quite that way. Uh, you know, there's a whole range of ways we can answer that. But I mean, I... I I suppose I would describe myself as a person who's uh, really lucky to have uh, received some, had some true awakening, longing take place in me as a very early person, age, age. I was 19 at the time. And uh, shortly thereafter, met my teacher, my guru, Swami Rudananda. And I've been doing this particular practice, Kundalini Sadhana, since 1971 and teaching since 1972. And uh, I think, you know, I, who I am is really a person who's humbly trying to serve that that my guru and my lineage and, and the energy of, the, if you will, of the divine that flows through that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Now... I think one of the things you really talk about is misunderstanding. And I I think a lot of what you try to teach is 
how to move out of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe touch a little bit on that and how we can recognize if we're actually in misunderstanding? Mm -hmm. Well, I, 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 if you will, from the, from the, the eagle's point of view, flying high and looking down at the terrain, that misunderstanding happens when, when divine awareness, when this universal awareness contracts into individuality. And that misunderstanding happens not because there is an inherent uh, separation, but just in the process of, of condensation, of contraction of, if you will, of this unbounded pure consciousness into form, then there is this misunderstanding that we are that form, right? We can look at ourselves, we can touch ourselves, the world is, is form. And so the, 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 the capacity to truly know ourselves gets diminished without getting too much into uh, quote, philosophy. And yet it's important, it helps us to understand so this, in non-dual tantric practices, the, 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 the way this is most clearly and beautifully articulated is there is, there is what's called prakasha and vimarsha. Prakasha means the light of life, the consciousness of life. Vimarsha right? is the capacity of that consciousness to know itself as that consciousness. It's an incredible... Uh, insight that these ancient spiritual yogis recognized in themselves that as they closed their eyes and began to try to understand that what they discovered was was that there was an inherent knowing in them that knew itself as as the very uh, awareness that they're trying to understand and so that being Marcia, that self-reflective capacity, what happens is that it gets diminished as infinite awareness, as this pure Shakti condenses into form, and in our case, into, into individuality. And so it's, 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 it's inherent in, in, if you will, in, in the kind of unfolding process that we, we lose this we lose contact with this inner knowing of, of our highest self because there is no, you know, God dwells within us as ourself. And so that misunderstanding is inherent in, if you will, in, in being born, right? And so it's the reason that it's important to understand it from that perspective is that it begins to, to to, to shift our perspective as to why we misunderstand and most important begins to help us understand how we can understand which is beginning to to make contact with our with this innate knowing within us the kundalini sadhana is, is and and is is one of the means in which that that takes place there are other traditions that don't focus on kundalini etc but uh so the misunderstanding is, is 
some some traditions would would call uh, this Maya. They would call it uh, illusion, right? The, the, it, it, in the non-dual practices and the non-dual view and darshan and understand, if there is only one thing, which is pure consciousness expressing itself both as as itself, but also as manifestation as form, then then everything that's expressing itself, it cannot be an illusion. It has to be an expression of that same awareness. And even though it may be uh, perceived as a limited expression of that. The misunderstanding happens when we start to try to figure all this stuff out in from, from the, the limited capacity of, 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 of the mind, because it has no capacity to understand you know, uh, the, the, the full scope of things. That's why we talk about that, how important it is to, to, if you will, to expand our consciousness beyond the, the capacity of the mind to understand. So I don't know if that help if that's a helpful answer or not. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's pretty good. It's a good starting point. So what kind of things are happening within the beingness or the or or the person who who is in misunderstanding like how do we recognize how do people recognize that there's a drive or some sort of a um pulling a desire that's trying to get us to maybe awaken to move into maybe a, the the non-dual uh beingness right okay. right okay well so we can we can understand that that the experience of what we call suffering in this life, which is different than pain, right? But that suffering comes from that misunderstanding. The, the suffering is truly our, our experience of, of being separate, or at least our, our misunderstanding of our experience as being separate. In, in almost all, in all non-dual tantric practices and all non-dual practices, the lever point, the calling out of that suffering is what's called grace, called Shaktipada, which means descent of grace. And that descent of grace is what calls forth in us own, our own innate inner knowing. We, we talk about it as a longing. And it is that longing that begins to propel us into asking questions, but more importantly, propel us into to turning inside because it is that, that longing happens from inside it. And so this, this Shaktipada, this descent of grace, is consciousness descending into its, if you will, its own contracted state, us, right? And if we get the email, come on home, darling, right? And that is... In understood in in particularly in the non-dual patrika non-dual tantric practices that is the cause of our movement out of suffering, and with if and without that grace then we don't really that longing doesn't come up and we we we're still confused we still live in a lot of suffering but we unfortunately give cause to that suffering to something outside of ourselves. To the world, to this, I don't have this, I, I got that, you know, etc. And the real cause of suffering is is that misunderstanding, that sense of separation of being 
if you will, separate from our, our loved one, right? From the beloved as, as the Sufis, you know, call it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the trigger is grace. And then our practice, our sadhana, is the response to that grace. So which pulls me into a space of, if, if we're in this experiencing grace, what's it like to exist in a dual society while being a non-dual person? <laughs> you know, it, I get that question a lot. That's why I was smiling. And the reality is, is that as we begin to, to have this inner revelation take place and this sense of oneness starts to take place, it's not something that happens where we also start to have a sense of whether well, it's me and my oneness and then the world is something separate. The world is the same express form as we are. And so the, the, the sense of duality between us and the world begins to dissipate. And that's part of the, 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 the true recognition and therefore the teachings of non-dual practices is, and I always say, you have to go through the world to be free of it. Not, not, it's not a rejection of the world. It's not a denial of the world. You have to go through it. You have, you have to go through duality in order to find that unity. And all of us, except for the, the, the rarest of, of gifts, start from a place of duality. And so there's this kind of internal and external duality of our experience, the kind of inside, I'm separate, et cetera, et cetera. And then the, that's expressed and experienced as I'm separate from you. I'm separate from the world. So then it, it just keeps reinforcing itself. So it's not like, you know, we, angels come, the fairy dust happens. <laughs> we have this profound inner experience of it's all one and then open our eyes and, and think, but that's not part of that oneness. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a dynamic interchange between our own awareness or insight in, the, in ourselves and our ability to actually see that that's not something that's just happening inside is that it's happening in terms of our understanding of, of the world. Do you see the world changing right now and merging more or moving closer to a non-dual state? Uh, I think if we look back at history, I, I, I will say I'm not a big proponent of the collective consciousness. I'm much more in the sense of where that there's individual consciousness and that each of our experience in this world is based on that. And that, you know, if we are unconscious, my, my own experience, my own sense is that just because there's somebody standing next to us that's really conscious doesn't necessarily business changes, right? Uh, that isn't to say that that energy, that presence that, that can, can, doesn't radiate, but we have to be looking for it, right? So, you know, is the particular situation we're going through now, you know, part of the, the uh, all becoming one consciousness? Uh, let's hope so, right? But if you look at history, how many 
times the world, the, this planet, if you will, has gone through these kind of incredible situations and not, it hasn't really changed the collective consciousness, you know, of, of the people on the planet. Uh, I think th is, that's a good idea and a good goal, but, but that only can start with our own, the changing of our own consciousness. And then if we've been called to affect if you will, the consciousness of, of people around us, right? Then we should do so. And, and we, but we shouldn't start with, with trying to change the world. Let's change ourselves. Let's affect and, and support the person sitting next to us or people we say we love, right? Mm -hmm. to, to, to find that inner place in themselves. And then that's how it can kind of grow exponentially. So what you're just saying kind of pulls into flow a little bit, doesn't it? Or a whole lot. Right. Can you describe what, I mean, there's so many people that talk about flow and everybody seems to have a different point of view of what flow really means or how it uh, prescribes to our uh, beingness. What would you say flow is? My interpretation or my description of it is just one of, Ever how many people is on the planet that's describing flows, you know, interpretation. But what what I will say is is this is my experience. This has been articulated and reiterated in the study of the ancient scripture, which is why I study scripture, which is to help understand my own experience or and or if you will to be able to articulate that. When you talk about this precaution Vimarsha. What, you're, what we're really talking about is consciousness and energy. And just like that consciousness and the ability of consciousness to know itself is, is not two different things, but one thing. When we talk about consciousness and energy, that's one thing. The terms of Shiva and Shakti, right? And consciousness is never devoid of its power to be conscious. Consciousness is never void of Shakti. And in fact, the, the, the way that consciousness expresses itself, it creates, if you will, out of itself by its power, by, by and through that Shakti. So everything that appears to be solid, including our body, is really just energy. Now, it's, 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 it has some some sense of form to it, but that doesn't mean that it's not really energy in, in, in form, right? Mm -hmm. And so this pure consciousness, the power of that consciousness to express is energy and it expresses itself in all the different <laughs> forms throughout the cosmos, etc. But as it relates to us, that, that power, and this is the, the specific uh, distillation of this understanding for the practices of Kundalini Sadhana is that that power that creates and sustains life is the power that creates and sustains, and sustains us, and it ultimately condenses, or if you will, expresses itself as Kundalini, as Kundalini, and so we are Kundalini, right? And so that energy. There's three, I don't know how much your audience knows, and I'll, I'll keep this simple, but that, that, that kundalini 
energy has three dimensions of it of itself that, that gives life to us. One is called prana kundalini, which is the energy of our of our physical body. It's the energy of our breath. It's the, the energy of of our our physicalness. Right. The second is called chitta kundalini, which is the energy of our mind and emotions, but that on on top of the field, the energy of our individuated awareness. So the capacity to, to know I'm, myself as Nadaji and you as Roger, etc., is is that is an energy. And then the deepest level, if you want to call, think of it like that, uh, is called Parakundalini. That is the energy of our spiritual self. That is the energy of our spiritual self, of which the energy of our individual awareness is is kind of the layer of clothing that we wear. And then the energy of our pranic self is, is the coat that we put on, right? Traditionally, this is talking about, you know, as a, as a serpent, as, as a serpent that, that's coiled three times, you know, as us. And then the awakening is the unfurl, the uncurling of that, of that serpent. That's people have experiences of serpent, et cetera, like that. Right. But so, if in fact our entire existence sound a little bit <laughs> dramatic <laughs> is because of this consciousness is expressing itself as energy then our sadhana is is to is to come to know that but the energy that's in that's me and the energy that's you and the energy that's the world is the one energy. And so when we start to talk about flow, then we start to talk about the capacity to, to, to one, perceive and feel that energy in ourself and to feel that energy in others and to create this dynamic flow between us to connect, right? And, and we, we all have that experience. We translate it as something else as uh, uh, attraction, as, you know, lust, et cetera, et cetera, or simple, you know, let's share something, whatever the point is. That's all energy that, of a, that's connecting, right? And so, but from the perspective of our, of our spiritual practice, from the perspective of, of liberation, of the, the perspective of the awakening and liberation of Kundalini, it gets where it's a very specific understanding of what we're doing is first of all, we are uh, internalizing prana. We are internalizing our life force instead of projecting ourselves from always out, grabbing, grabbing, touching, you know, needing, demanding, pushing away, etc. We begin to using our, our meditative capacity or practices, etc. We internalize that life force. And then because we've done that, we begin to see the mental and emotional fluctuations of the mind, that same second quote energy that we talked about, and we can begin to internalize that. And what we're doing when, when we talk about internalizing that is we are, we are those two, if you will, we are directing them into the simplest way to call it is, is the shashumna, the central channel through the psychic body. So that now that energy that we've been projecting out of ourselves, including the kind of 
dualistic projection of our own awareness in terms of functioning mentally that we're separate from ourselves or from the world. We're turning that energy back inside and we are directing it into the central channel so that it can, if you will, can be delivered to Parakundalini, this, the core of ourself, and can begin to rise back up through the central channel. This is the fundamental, the foundational understanding of, of the practices, all the practices, whether it's uh, Shaivite, whether it's uh, uh, Tibetan, etc., that focus on the, the, the chakras, the, ch the psychic body. Is that what we're doing is, is directing it to the core of ourself, which is this distilled consciousness into energy and beginning to, to direct that into, so that it ascends through the central channel and reconnects back to itself, that unbounded space. I'll stop there and see if that starts to get, if I'm getting close to having the discussion to flow, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're making a really good uh, foundation for flow. And now how do we uh, move and uh, with that flow? So how, how do we become the leaf on, on the river? How do we? Okay, do all right, that? good, that, thank you. So the, the, the first thing, the way we do it is first of all, that we, we, we because we begin to internalize our, our energy, feel our heart, feel the heart chakra, right? Then we now have gathered enough energy. It's, we're not, it, our own life force isn't being so dissipated that we can begin to really feel it in ourselves. We can really feel it in, our, in ourselves. And then because we can feel it, we can expand that since we can, we can also begin to channel it. So one of the, Many practices do this, but the, the, the extraordinary gift that I received that those of us who knew Rudy, my teacher, Kwame Rudrananda, uh, received from him was in fact the, a twofold thing, which was the absolute emphasis on flow, but just as importantly, the, the mechanism, the meditation practice to connect and feel that flow. And so the, the we have what we call a double breath, which was Rudy's meditation exercise, which is, is internalizing and connecting to the chakra, the heart, and then moving the energy to the navel and then to the base of the spine, et cetera. I, I don't need to get into that, right? Uh, that's, that's how we are taking the, this pranic force and internalizing it. And what happens there is we begin to feel this energy in ourselves. We can begin to feel the energy in our heart and the openness in our heart. We can move our awareness down to the navel chakra, right? And we can actually begin to feel a connection between the two, right? Just like connecting the dots with the line, right? Mm -hmm. And then we can bring our awareness to the base of the spine and we can direct our energy and our awareness there. And we begin to feel this energy moving to the to the muladhar, the, the base of the of the of the, of the shashumna, and back up. And we then cultivate that capacity. Well, that's what we call flow, right? That's there. That is a 
simplest way of calling is down the front and up the back. This is an ever-present existing energy within us. That same energy that's expressing itself as, you know, as Shakti is, is that energy is the umbilical cord that's perpetually feeding us, perpetually feeding us, right? By beginning to turn inside and directing it so that it, it has a pathway back up, then that's what we call the, vert the vertical ascent, right? So there is this descending Shakti and the, the ascending Shakti is what happens through our conscious meditation practices, right? So what we're attempting to do is to, to establish this flow in us, inside that flow from, a, from an inner point of view, there are different levels or dimensions of that flow. I can get into that if we decide we want to, right? But at the same time, and this was the, the real emphasis that Rudy gave us and the power that allows us to begin to, to not just feel this energy in ourselves, but the, 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 the understanding and the capacity to extend from this, if you will, this inner flow outward to, to connect to our life, to connect to people in our life, to connect to the situations in our life with, with an energetic flow. And this is how we begin to, to use the energy of, of the world, if you will, the energy of our relationships, the energy of our interaction with the world to one, provide, if you will, even more flow, more energy to, to, uh, to fuel that, that ascent, right? And so, but the, the important thing about that is what's happening is that when this, when this energy begins to expand and flow and ascend, if you will, there's also an expansion of consciousness because consciousness and Shakti are never separate, right? And so in ourselves, this, this beginning to, to develop this inner flow to create this capacity to channel the, the energy through the central channel, then what's happening is, is as each of the chakras are open, then our own consciousness is expanded, right? But this, this horizontal flow is what also begins, Roger, to, 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 to dissolve the sense of there's this form and that form. We begin to experience it as, as energy. And if we can experience it as energy, we can begin to see it's really only one energy in, you know, in flowing with itself, right? And this is how we, our consciousness begins to, this revelation begins to show up that I am not separate from, from the world. I'm not separate from those people. I can palpably touch them with my Shakti, with my energy, right? And this is, so the, 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 the development of that capacity to, to really establish this flow in ourselves and to establish this flow with the world is this kind of both vertical and horizontal shift of, of consciousness where we understand life as, as energy and we, and we start to come in contact with the source of that life or that energy, which is consciousness. Right. And would you say that that energy in itself is a form of communication? Of divine uh, communication? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's an important way of thinking about it because it's really, you know, it's uh, it's like plugging your your phone, you know, the old fashioned phone where you had a cord and you had to plug it into the into the jack, right? 
well, what's really moving through there is is energy, right? It's connection, right? But what's possible then is, if you will, is communication, right? And and it, but it's an, it's and, and it has to be a communication because it it is awareness, it is consciousness tool, if you want to use to connect, right? And and to therefore to communicate, and it's ultimately communicating with itself. Communicating with itself. Meaning, meaning my sense of communication with you, my sense of energetic connection with you is not me over here and you over there. It is, it is this energy that's one energy connecting and communicating to itself. I, I describe the whole process as consciousness doubling back on itself. When I do open eyes open transmission, Right, of transmitting a, a living spiritual force. It, it's me looking at you and you looking at me and it's, it's, it's one consciousness looking back at itself. Who's looking at who? Uh, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> so this is how through our inner work, our inner sadhana, our inner practices that, that our consciousness begins to unfold and expand and, and we understand that that it's there is only one thing and this apparent duality is only an apparent duality it doesn't mean there's not two things you're that little picture on the top of the screen and i'm here right you and i both exist but we don't exist separate from each other and we don't exist outside of consciousness right this is the darshana this is the view of non-dual practices and what's hard for people to, I think, to, to come to really have the realization of, because they, they don't believe that that's true, right? And it's one of the most powerful shifts in our sadhana when we begin to truly not just have some theory that, oh, it's all one and the other's this and that, and there's this nice flow of energy, but to begin to actually, if you will, have our expanses, our consciousness shift so that it's a palpable experience. And, and the energy is the pathway for that process. Once, once we're in this energy, once we're, we're very conscious of it, and I don't know if I can call it grounded into it, but when we're at a space where, where we can feel this continually, that's when I find that uh, inspiration starts to drop in and maybe even uh, desires start to come in that, help us open up into different possibilities or even purpose. Mm -hmm. And what I wonder is before we're in this awareness, the desires that come in, are they propelled by the same energy or are they propelled by a limitation? Uh, both. Because <laughs> look, there is only one, consciousness and therefore there's only one energy right so but in this process of contraction into individuality what happens is is this fullness of consciousness and the abundance of that consciousness out of that is what's called divine will the intent to express that fullness right mm -hmm. that's called divine will right it, divine will isn't, you know, well, Roger will have this kind of life and, you know, not you'll have that life. It is the simple 
overflowing of itself and the intent to express that. That's how darshan and non-dual practice express how, why the world exists, right? And that all of this is the expression of that, the, of that abundance. And that's, that is God's will, if you will. What happens is that for, what, for whatever reason or ever how it happens, it doesn't really make a difference. What happens is that intent to express fullness, we experience as incompleteness. And that will, that divine will becomes need. It becomes limited will. We start reaching for, grabbing for, and in so many cases, unfortunately, blowing through life to get what we want. That's called willfulness, right? Mm -hmm. But so, so the simplest way to understand it is this divine unbounded intent to express joy translates into our experience as, as not completeness, as, as needing something. And then we use our will to get it. And unfortunately, often in a, in a willful way. The whole discussion of karma, that's how that whole thing, you know, happened. But it's one will. It's just, if you will, usurped by our own, well, to be blunt about it, about by the ego, by the, the place of consciousness in us that experiences itself as separate, but seeks to prove that it's separate. Is, is that helpful at all? Is that? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so then, then, then our sadhana is, if you will, just like it's the reversal of the energy in its ascent, it's, it's the reversal of, of taking this individual will, this individual desire, turning it back on itself and, and coming in contact and, if you will, aligning with that higher will and serving that higher will, right? And this is, this is you know, when we talk about seva, we talk about unconditional service, that's that's how we do it. We 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 surrender. We let go of our all our nitty pity little needs and grasping and this and that and you know cry baby soup and the whole thing. And we just offer our life into service. Right? We offer our life back into that which gave us life. Right? We can call that God. We can call that consciousness. Right? But we don't just do. We do that also by 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 if you will serving in the world by letting go of of our limited needs and looking, what can I do for you, right? That automatically takes me out of the, the limited view of just looking at myself and what I need. Mm -hmm. So do you find that in the work you do that you have a lot of needy people reaching out to you? <laughs> needy people? <laughs> uh, well, yes, but I, I don't exactly that sounds like a fairly petty, you know, <laughs> thing, you know, whereas the, that need I recognize is not, you know, I need of this, I need of that. That need is that longing. Mm -hmm. It is that, that, that longing to what they really need, if you will, is to know the, their, their self. And it is that longing that happened by that grace of God that, that is why they're, Quote, reaching for to connect to something. And so my responsibility and my joy and my honor is to, to respond to that need. And yeah, look, I have students all the time come to me and I need this and I need that. And, and I just kind of smile because yeah, you may need a Ferrari, but you don't really need a Ferrari, right? right? So the point is I have to look 
most people come to a spiritual practice not because they understand that deep longing, that deep need. They want to get out of pain. They want to this. They want to be able to manage their stress, et cetera. All of that's fine. That's not what I'm responding to. I'm responding to that deep need. And I'm every time somebody comes into my orbit, if you will, I'm clear that it is their need, their longing that brought them to, into that situation. And so that's how I can respond to that. And if you will, Roger, that's I'm responding to the God within that person, right? That longing is understood in non-dual practices when that longing shows up that coupled with that propel the other side of the coin is the the innate knowing i need some energy to fuel this longing and so that that longing has on, on the other side of it the search if you will for a teacher the search for a practice the search for a means to to gather the the energy to fuel that longing and so that's I understand that's that's my that's my uh, that's what I'm being asked to do in this life and 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 so that's I respond to that and I listen to people's stories and I smile and I what I'm trying to feed, if you will, is this innate longing and, and need, not what they think they need. And sometimes, you know, people get pissed off at me because I I might suggest that they're uh, misunderstanding of what they think their need might be just a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, a couple more questions have have come to me. Um, is radiance a word you use often to describe this the space where when when we really know we're in deep? When we're in, I, I guess you talk about it as grace. How do we recognize, how do we stay in that uh, radiance or how do we recognize it? I use the word radiance, but more in the context of, of illumination. But what's, what's radiating out, what's it being, what, what is this inner light is illuminating our own awareness. It, so there's this vibrating radiant energy and consciousness that is, that is revealing itself to us. And that is what uh, we open to and receive and, and allow to expand. And so it's, it's like going into a dark room. You can't see anything. You know, you, you, you strike a match. Now you can at least see that, that there's a room there, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then, but if you light a campfire, you can see more, et cetera, et cetera. And that is what that, that radiant awareness is doing, is revealing to us the totality, right? Whereas we often walk through, you know, life with a match, trying to understand and see the, the totality, and it just doesn't give us enough light. So that grace is, if you will, the awakening of that light. That is the awakening of that 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 inner that self-reflective capacity, what we call Vimarsha, the capacity to know ourself. Hmm. And so, how we stay in it is by the the uh, a the the continual internalization of, of our energy and our awareness and at the same time not really at the same time but kind of as a part of the dynamic of really surrendering to that energy surrendering to this 
awakening, this revelation, this this radiant radiating inner awareness, and it's that's trying to show us who we really are, and that's why surrender is such a critical part of 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 really any kind of authentic practice is the is the willingness to let go of all of our perceptions of who we think we are, what we think we need, and let this truth, if you will, really, you know, illuminate our own misunderstanding. So I have one question, one more question so far. <laughs> and I thought this might be an interesting question to ask you. Um, and the question is, what's an important question people rarely ask you? Mm. The question that that I that people almost never ask me is, how do I grow? Mm. How do I discover this thing? They they ask it in many ways, but you know you can also translate it as, what do I need to do to change? Right, mm -hmm. and people don't. We don't ask these questions because we don't want to know the answer. Right. We don't want to know the answer because it, it means really that we're freeing ourselves of our own identity of who we think we are and what we think we need. And so we don't ask because we're afraid of the answer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, perpetually amazed at how seldom people ask me those penetrating questions. What do I need to do to really change? People come to talk to me. What they're really talking about is how am I going to get all that other assholes to change? Right? How am I going to get my life to be different so that I can be happy? The fundamental question is how can I discover that happiness that's inherent within me and is not conditioned, not created or diminished by condition? And so it, it, it is a powerful question that people ask. You know, Ramana Maharshi's entire practice teaching was based on on inquiry right starting with the question who am i mm -hmm. well it's not just who am i it's who's asking this question right well people don't usually get to question two and three because they don't really want to know right? <laughs> uh, and uh, so that question doesn't get answered in many different ways but that's the fundamental question i think that that people really should ask themselves. Yeah. And in a certain way, you know, uh, even the time, this time that we're in with the world and this whole virus thing, right? And, and everybody's saying the same thing. Now's the time for self-inquiry. Now's the time to really reevaluate our lives, right? What's really meaningful to me in my life, et cetera. And I think that's wonderful. My, my prayer is that it happens that we don't come out of this thing on the other side and everything's fine now. And we just go back to being not asking, not continuing to ask that question and to reevaluate what's really meaningful in life. Mm -hmm. And that's why I gave this two week retreat, just to kind of help people this, this, and there's so many people, different traditions, teachers, non-teachers, individuals saying the same thing. What is this opportunity? What's the real opportunity here? Our sadhana is the discipline to taking advantage of the opportunity. 
And that's, that's to change our consciousness, right? To really change our consciousness. And whether the consciousness of the planet changes is probably dependent on whether how many people, individuals change their consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what do you think I could do to grow? <laughs> I'm not sure you want me to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wide open on my podcast. I'll say anything. I'll go anywhere. Uh, I would have to probably have some more conversation with you to answer that. <laughs> it, it, it's the best way I could answer for it. But the answer to you is the same as everyone. Go inside. Mm -hmm. And you could even ask yourself, what do I need to change? Most people are afraid to ask that question of themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think we're at the end here. Nadaji, how can people get a hold of you? Why would they want to get a hold of you? I know you have some, like I, I've read three of your books. Uh, actually, I'm on a third one right now. I'm on uh, The Divine Thread right now. I've read Depth Over Time and Shiva's Trident. Mm -hmm. Both Depth Over Time and Shiva's Trident, I've had like amazing shifts happen and right now the divine thread is kind of like it's it's putting all this information together in something that is my sadhana so yeah little pieces yeah yeah i i i think you know depth over time was my first book and when i first wrote it thought it would be my only book right and uh it and then divine thread which is my fifth book and the last one that I published is, is, if you will, a, a, a refinement or a maturation of all of my teachings, et cetera, over the last 50 years. And we're in the process of writing my opus, uh, which will, is going to take the, the whole totality of my teaching, et cetera, and my study of scripture, and, and it'll be a two-volume book, et cetera. But that's, that's a ways away. But, uh, uh, I mean, look, why would somebody want to contact me uh, if, if, they, if some longing is happening in them and they either don't understand it or they want to understand it more, uh, then I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a resource and happy to, to respond. Uh, Heartofsea.org heart of, heart, heart of is the, the website. I'm on Facebook, you know, Swami Kitsadananta. Uh, and I, I, I'm happy to engage people, but the reason anybody should, should contact any teacher is because this longing is calling forth to them an understanding that they need help, they need support in the process. And uh, it's my responsibility to respond to that. Sweet. Well, thank yeah. you for your divine presence today. Thank you. I'm happy, happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to speaking again. Thank you. Very good. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening.